Well, welcome to our relationship series. One of the things we love personally about our relationship series is it truly connects to everyone, whether you're single, married, dating, or have even gone through the pain of divorce. Um, we like it because Miriam and I get to talk and think and read and reevaluate many times and even think of some of the single people in our world or married people in our world and kind of even think of them and, and gosh ask the question like how do we help them uh how do we read the right material and so forth and so man there's so many unhealthy relationships in our culture and so as a uh, follower of christ man i believe one of the best things i can do is follow him follow his word and principles and i so believe that the word of god has so many life-giving things for you uh today whether you're a, a faith person or not and so what we want to do with this series is, um, whether you've been in a relationship for two seconds, negative seconds, or 20,000 years, uh, we've found that in our relationship, as life happens, you know, uh, now we've been married 13 years. Uh, on Friday, celebrated 16 years since the day I said yes to go on with you. Right. Because a year and a half before that, he had tried, and I said, no, honey, try again. So, uh, <laughs> and I'm so this glad he good. came back. So that was good. But, um, and I found that life happens, sometimes, sometimes tragic events happen and yeah. uh, priorities change and so you'll find that who you married 10 years ago five years ago two years ago depending on life life events priorities kids all that kind of stuff sometimes that changes who that person is and so it's really encouraging you in this series to help rediscover who your spouse is and this is listen if you're in here but you're not married um, or you're like a widow or you've been through the pain of a divorce or whatever this is actually also a way for you to learn how to connect to your kids and um, the principles of this is not just for if you're married, it's actually for everyone. So if you're yeah. single, you can apply this to a future relationship or you can apply this um, in a relationship with your parents to better that. And so uh, don't disconnect because you're not on the same journey as a married person. Yeah. Um, but the reality is this really helps you pack out who you are and unpack what you can do in the years to come as life is really all about relationships. And what we'll find, so a lot of people think when they come to the relationship series after four weeks, your issue are over. Actually, what we bum, found bum. is not at all. You'll actually hit some uh, some things, some thoughts, some some quotes in this series that will actually cause for you guys to have to have uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. It may actually spark some frustration, irritation, yeah. and so it'll bring up some uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. And what our hope is, isn't that you just pretend that it doesn't do that. You actually go and have yeah. those hard conversations, make a Starbucks date out of it, or if tension gets really strong, don't yeah. go to Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe That'd go in case awkward. someone, you know, in case you might kill each other. Maybe go yeah. to Starbucks. You know, you'll yeah. have extra accountability yeah. there. But you'll find that the, these topics will actually cause for things to come to the surface and make you have to yeah. deal with them and so and the, that's our hope and the reality is the longer the fish is under the blanket the more it stinks right and so that is a relationship <laughs> that's uh, such a weird that's really good though that was weird right the longer you leave it there if you ignore it it just starts smelling more and more you have to deal with it the quicker you deal with it the better things are please yes yeah. that, that's a weird visual but yes yes <laughs> i don't know how the fish got under the blanket but it was it got there somehow Let's just anyway get it out of there i meant to say rug the fish <laughs> under the rug okay. anyway sorry but listen, we want to give you guys some practical things too. I know many of you are already doing a devotional with us, but if you have time and you'd like to do an extra devotional, we have two extra devotionals that you can choose from. Uh, if you're married, there's one called Biblical Secrets of Happy Couples that you can find on version. Yeah, this is really good, by the way. Yeah. I've been reading this recently. I and have man, not. Digging it. 
Yes. And if you're single, there's a really cool one called Basics. So I believe it'll be on there. Yeah, Bay. Little Bay play six. on Bay. Yeah. Single so, people will get that. Older yeah. people won't. It's, it's a really right. great one. So if you're looking to invest in your relationship, those are two great yep. devotionals and you I can do. And I will just quickly mention this one. If you're not much of a reader, but you're a good listener, uh, one extraordinary marriage podcast is one of the best. It is the number one marriage podcast, I think, in America. And man, those guys delve into stuff. They're like, man, this is totally awkward. <laughs> but it's really good. I've listened to it maybe five or ten times, and I would highly suggest that one. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. So tell the person next to you, I don't want to stay stuck. I want to advance. All right, once upon a marriage, the skinny on sex, love, and dating. It starts with hope. Someone say hope. Everyone, when they enter a relationship, has hope. Here's what Scripture says, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 7. It always protects, speaking of love, it always trusts. Now everyone say with me, it always hopes. Always hopes. Someone say it always perseveres. And our hope for this series is that it comes alongside you and adds value to your world. And even if it looks bad, even if it's half time and all the statisticians are saying that you have lost the flipping Super Bowl, just believe you are a Tom Brady of relationships and you are going to take first down after first down after first down and incredible catch after incredible catch and all that kind of stuff. And before you know it, you might have the ring of a relationship. How awesome was that game last week? Sidebar. Yes. I don't like football. That game made me a lover of football. It was yeah. really good. So. Miriam and I have had weird, awkward conversations where I'm trying to explain the first down. We were at a football game. And I'm like, honey, listen, here's the first down. So far, she's like, I'm not getting it. I'm like, I don't care. I'll talk to this nine-year-old next to me. So, <laughs> yeah. And that's what I did for three good hours. Times. <laughs> but anyway, so the playbook for Once Upon a Marriage, how we're going to set up this series over the next four weeks is we're going to take the main components of what actually will make or break a marriage or a relationship. And so Sorry, as we wardrobe maladjustment. Janny, what did you do to me over here? Jan, you fixed my collar. And uh, I, don't we love Jan? Who doesn't love Jan? I love Jan. Jan. I love Jan. I don't Jan's know if amazing. collar fixing is in your requirements of job, but thank you, honey. <laughs> but anyway, some of the key components that build or break relationships or marriages that we were talking about are basically this. And we're going to try to unpack this and really cover it over the next four weeks. Number one is really establishing healthy communication and resolution. How do you resolve conflict? conflict. How do you understand each other? How do you fight fair? Um, so that's one thing we're going to talk about throughout these next four weeks. Um, another thing is establishing healthy financial habits. The number one thing that causes couples to fight are finance and sex. And so what we have now is a connect group. So we're not going to be covering a lot of uh, financial stuff in the four weeks. But if that's an issue that is, keeps coming up in your marriage, yeah. um, I would encourage you to run to the connect group, our finance connect group. It's bi-weekly on Mondays. You can get more information at the box office. And then also a healthy sex life, which we're going to be spending a week talking about sex, which is going to be fun. Um, the next one is healthy foundations and patterns. And so if you're not in a relationship right now, how to establish so that you cannot be an unhealthy statistic, but a great statistic that yes. you made it, that you're doing well. Um, and so we're going to uh, unpack that. And then today we're going to unpack what it looks like to have a healthy understanding of each other's needs. In other words, we're going to talk about the five love languages from a very popular book called The Five Love Languages by author Gary Chapman. How to articulate how you give and receive love 
Yeah, so ever since you were a little baby, someone say little baby. Little baby. Ever since you were a little baby, you actually had an emotional tank that needed filling time and time again with love and relationships. And as you go into adulthood, that the reality of that is that does not change. And so you have a way that you receive love and you receive love the best. And um, the... When someone gets into a relationship, obviously the, the, there's chemistry, there's fireworks, there's that eros factor and so forth and all that kind of stuff. But over time, that actually kind of fade away. But the greater commitment on the other end or the greater measure of love is actually where commitment uh, steps in. And so if you uh, bypass that, if you don't say, man, it's actually the commitment side of things that I need to step into, you'll miss it in your relational world. Um, and out of one of the, the things that I've been reading, a psychologist, he said, look, 99% of the counselors or the people that he meets with on a counseling perspective that he meets with, he says 99% of them love each other. But what happens is they're often speaking a different language than the other one. So this one thinks they're loving, this one thinks they're loving, but somehow it's not, um, it's not hitting on all cylinders. For instance, I'm a state guy, right? But if my wife keeps kept giving me tofu which doesn't happen no it never happens thank you love um that would i'd be like thanks honey and she might have spent all this time on tofu right she's speaking tofu i don't speak tofu i speak steak all the men said unless you're a vegan and then there's more steak for us so cool either way um, if she's a chocolate cake kind of girl and I keep giving her a V8 splash and I think that's her love language, it's going to miss on all cylinders, isn't it? Yes, all right? So we actually need to grow in our knowledge. Someone say knowledge. Knowledge. In our knowledge of how to communicate love to the other person. And this is really what it means by getting to know someone. And even if you're a parent in here, some of you might be like, oh, this doesn't apply to me. I'm not married, whatever. But if you're a parent in here, a lot of times kids, they have a certain need. Let's say it's quality time, but you think because you can't be there, you just lavish them with gifts, but that's not filling their love tank, right? And so if you're a parent, it doesn't matter. Again, whatever stage of life you're in, there is something you can gather from this talk to apply to whatever season you're in. Parent, non-parent, single, young, older, it doesn't matter. So don't disconnect, lean in. This is for all relationships and every season of life. And we're going to go into the five love languages in a second. And here's what I'd, I'd really love the leaning factor to be. Um, ask yourself, which language am I? Um, which language is my spouse? Um, I think it's actually important to ask yourself, which language was my parents? And here's why. Because what you'll do yeah. is you'll now observe other relationships and you'll see the healthy or the unhealthy side of it. And the, the smarter or the relationally smarter and wise you become in relationships, you go, oh my gosh, my mother was this, but my father never spoke that. My mother was actually a big gifts person. My, my father was actually really good at... Um, he, he would call her uh, like my radiant beauty. He was actually very affectionate with his words. But I noticed on Valentine's Day and Christmas and uh, birthdays, my dad was a terrible gift buyer, absolutely awful. And I would see, honestly, the devastation from my mum that if he missed Valentine's Day, I remember my mum, I gave my mum a flower one time on Valentine's Day and I could tell it, I thought she was going to be thrilled and happy. But what she wasn't thrilled and happy with was her own husband forgot. What does that mean? It means that she is a gift person. Anyway, we're diverging, but let's go into language number All one. All right, so if you're taking notes, love language number one is words of affirmation. So Proverbs 15.4 in the Amplified Version, it says like this, 
A soft and gentle and thoughtful answer turns away wrath, but harsh and painful and careless words stir up anger. You know, some people thrive on encouragement. We all do. Uh, but some of us are really wired to thrive on words that build them. This is actually my love language. So I often find myself looking for encouragement either from Anthony, even my kids. Uh, my kids love to draw me things and give me things, and, and I love it and I treasure it. But when they say, like, I love you, Mommy, and when Shelly says, Mommy, you're my superhero, and like to me, Aww. that lights up my world. I'm like, yeah, I am your superhero, on. I know. You know? <laughs> and so I'm joking. But seriously, so when they do that, that, that really just lights me up. And so many of us, um, we think we're, we're, we're receiving love a different way, but really, if words of affirmation is your way, then that is really important. Um, Solomon says, um, King Solomon says in Proverbs 18.21, the tongue has the power of life and death. And learning to use our words to build up our significant other is really important to express love. It's really important to affirm them. And, and one of the things I want to say too, and, and I feel like throughout the 16 years that we've been together, this has come up a few times. Sometimes we just assume that the person knows that's how we feel. Yeah. Like there's been times where Anthony's like, but you know that I think this about you, or you know that I think you look nice or whatever. Like if I just spent 30 minutes putting on makeup and trying to look really good for a date and I don't come down those stairs and within like two minutes he doesn't say, dang girl, you look hot, there's going to be an issue. You know what I mean? And so it's, it's like, hello, don't you see? You know? And so for me, that's really yeah. important. And so that's how I am. And so don't make assumptions that just because you're married, the person knows they love you or yeah. that they appreciate you. Just because um, they're eating the food and then just put it to the side that they didn't like the food. Make sure that what we say, what we think, if it's good, say it. In our culture, it's often the reverse. We just tend to say what's negative, like what's not good. Oh, that doesn't taste good or that doesn't look good or whatever. And so let's be the kind of people that speaks life because what happens is so often there's like death creeping into our relationships because we keep speaking death upon it, you know, and we need to speak life so that all yeah. of a sudden in the heartbeat and the soul of our soul, in essence, yes. the heartbeat can start coming up again. Life can be spoken again. Yeah. So it's really important that we do that. Uh, psychologist William James says that possibly the deepest human need is the need to feel appreciated. And I love this um, quote by Gary Chapman. It says, the latent potential within your spouse in his or her areas of insecurity may await your encouraging words. In other words, our words can help unleash confidence in areas that our spouse may be insecure. Yeah. Hear that again. If you're feeling like if you as a spouse or you as a person have some kind of insecurities, um, you and if you're a words of affirmation kind of person, you really need someone to come and build life into you in that and speak life into yeah. you in that. So it's really important that we do that. Yeah. Valerie Murphy was just here this past weekend and she literally said, look, encouragement is worth its weight in gold. Yeah. Encouragement is worth its weight in gold. And isn't that true in churches, in, in businesses, in marriages? Man, encouragement, encouragement. 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 Yeah. And it's not like a hard thing either. Like being, you know, words of affirmation is simple. It's like, man, you look hot, baby. Or you look beautiful. You look gorgeous. Yeah. Or, man, you did a great job. I love how you are with the kids. Like, that's something I often say about Aunt. Like, the way he is with our children, I'm just like floored. Like, wow, yeah. I hit the jackpot, you know? And so to me, that's really important. And so I say that to him a and lot. And Miriam always is like, oh, my mum's such an incredible cooker. I actually think Miriam's way better cooker than her mum. <laughs> 
Like, and I don't mean any diss to a mum, but just her taste and my taste, they're the same. And I get food from a mum and I appreciate it and God bless you and everything else. And we do good soup, but yeah, rocking, no rocking the cook. Come on. <laughs> but anyways, so you might find that in, you're in a season right now that it might be hard to affirm your spouse. Like, I know that in relationships, you go through seasons where it's just hard. It's icy waters, it's cold, it, it's brutal. And so you might find it really hard to affirm that person and encourage that person. But one of the things that we have to be really intentional about is really pushing aside how we feel and actually elevate how important it is that your relationship does flourish. And you start to understand that you don't think, do things in your relationship because it feels good or because it comes natural. You do them because you made a commitment. Yeah. You know, when you took that vow, you know, for worse or for, for better or for worse, for richer yeah. or for poor, that was a vow, that was a commitment that you would do no matter what it took, that no matter what the cost, and you made a commitment to be all in. And so we want to have the kind of statistic that says we made it, right? There's a lot of statistics that says, you know, divorce and this and that, but we yeah. want to be the kind of statistic that says we made it. We have a happily ever Come after. On. You are the one, you know? And so it's really important that we have that mindset. It's not about how you woke up on the side of the bed. It's not how you feel. It's actually what's important. I decide to be committed to love and serve my spouse. I'm going to decide to build her up or build him up today. I'm going to build my child up today, even though I'm just frustrated and irritated. Yeah. That is a decision, a conscious effort and an intentional effort we have to do yeah. to build up that person. And I'll say this just quickly about relationships. Um, there can be a winter season in a relationship. I would say this though, you actually determine how long that winter is. Yeah. That winter can be four days or four years or 40 it's really up to you. And so yeah. you use your words to break the ice yeah. in essence of discouragement and, and friction and yeah. so forth. And you just love on the person. Hey, I'm here for you. I'm committed to you. I love you. Man, you, I think you're amazing. I'm so glad I chose you. We're going to get through this together. And that will elevate that relationship to a whole other level. And now all of a sudden, those spring flowers start to bust through the through the ice. It's funny because Anthony and I work together. So we're together a lot, which is awesome. But because of that, I'm a very... What's the word I'm looking for? Determined person, and so is Anthony. So sometimes we can get very um, different opinions on what we think about something, whether it's theology or whatever it is. We can get a little bit feisty on different things, and so all of a sudden we'll be in the middle of an intense conversation at work in the office, and then all of a sudden we're looking at each other, and I'm like, blah, 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 and he's like, baby, you're so beautiful. And I'm like, that has nothing to do with this conversation, you know? But then all of a sudden but it, it went helps. from... It does. <laughs> So it goes from like a tense atmosphere to now we're laughing and it helps us resolve the conflict yeah. or the disagreement or at least it helps us agree to disagree at times, yeah. you know? And so that's interesting because Proverbs 25, 11 says, like golden apples set in silver is a word spoken at the right time. And so you could be in the middle of a conflict. You can be in the middle of a heated situation. If you just take a moment and just be like, you know what? Let's just lift the atmosphere. Yeah. Say a word of encouragement. Say a word of a fun. Yeah. something to each other and you'll find that you know it'll change the atmosphere so if this is your partner's love language and you might not know that yet you might need to talk about this when you get home yeah. what goal can you set that will help make sure his or her love tank gets full what this is the real practical side and so to yeah. each of the five love languages we're kind of going to give like a little challenge and so forth here's where you need to perk up man you need to pay attention <laughs> you go okay I need to do something out of this series and so forth yeah what compliments will make her light up what are the kind of things that make her feel more respected or him feel more respected and more confident. So that's some homework for you there. 
All right, love language number two. Someone say number two. Number two. Someone say quality time. Quality time. Obviously, that's togetherness. That's unity. That's uh, having fun together. For the person whose main love language is quality time, um, it's not just quantity. It is also quality. It's both of those going together. But you could give them gifts. You could shower them affection and so forth. But if their main love language, almost picture, if you it, bring me this uh, cup, Max, or the, the, the bottle there, just real quick. So if someone's bottle is uh, quality time and you rarely give them quality time, what happens over time? is it's going down, going down, going down, and over time, all of a sudden, there's only a tiny bit of love left in that water cup, okay? And so what you have to do intentionally is say, okay, we're going to grab, that's why date nights are so important, restaurants yeah. are so important, um, going out, maybe you can't afford a restaurant, you do a coffee with one another, or you shut down certain things, turn off the TV, read a book even with one another, if you've got nothing to say, like marry people after a time, like what story are you going to tell? You've already been that. What are you going to tell the story again? You know, so you've got to cultivate new stories, new moments and so forth. So read a book and then talk about it. Man, how much social media stuff is there to talk about right now? I mean, there's just a lot going on. You can sit there and read it and then talk about it. You know, it's funny, a little while ago, we went on a date day, so we went to the mall, and I think we tried to do a movie, and we brought this little book, like these little cards with us to the restaurant to like help us engage in conversation. Yeah, it was me, good. It was good, but it brought up some awkward conversations. Yeah, it totally too. did. So I was like, this was a terrible idea. <laughs> so we're like, let's advance in our relationship. Let's, you know, pack some questions, and suddenly I was getting frustrated. He was getting frustrated. I'm like, this is a terrible idea. So but you know what I love about that at the same time? You tried it, yeah. right? It didn't work as well as you hoped it doesn't mean you can't try it again yeah. right and well so and you, it also just means there's things that we have to like work on and there's things that we have to like figure out so. well more things you're gonna work on but yeah <laughs> oh you're in trouble later <laughs> <laughs> oh boy oh my yes. goodness but anyway yeah talk about the whole 60 70 thing okay um man if you work safe 55, 60, if your job requires an intentional a lot of time away and your primary and your partner's primary love language is quality time, you might feel like you're rocking it because you're providing, you're bringing the money home and so forth. However, your spouse actually feels kind of abandoned. Mm -hmm. And so then you actually need to determine, man, is this their most, most um, desperate need? And then what you may have to have a conversation that says, listen, babe, for one year or six months or three months for a season, we're going to do this. And then over time, I'm going to try and change some things. I'm going I'm to work more from home. I may even need to get a different job. Listen, if you succeed financially and then you ruin your marriage, I promise you it won't be worth it. Okay, so there needs to be some give and take there. There needs to be a commitment. And sometimes the wife has to come to a, okay, this is just the season of life right now. I used to coach a very successful man um, on the weekends. And, and he literally would leave at five, four in the morning and he would get home at 11 at night. He was an investment banker. And so basically he would see his wife on the weekend. I'm like, and I was talking to him. I was the tennis coach. I'm just like, so how's that working? She's like, oh, it's not working that good right now. And the reality was, I don't know how they could do it. Yeah. And would you be surprised there's an affair in there or something? I wouldn't. Yeah. 
you know? You know, and one of the things, too, that's really important, if you can't change that for whatever reason, if you're in the middle of, you know, this work situation, then just show your spouse, the one that needs that quality time, that you're making an effort. If it means, hey, this day we're going out and all it focuses on her, what that person needs is just focused attention, yeah. you know? And so it's not watching a movie together because you're not really focusing on each other. You're focusing on the beautiful actors on TV, you know? Um, things like that. And so yeah. make sure it's focused time. So sometimes watching a football game with your spouse who doesn't like football is not really quality time for her. So she needs or he needs focused attention. So if that is your partner's love language, ask for, this is like a, a thing homework. you can do at home, homework. Ask for a list of activities that he or she would enjoy doing with you or maybe your child if, if that's your situation. If you're a single parent, you know, ask your significant other or your child for a list of activities they would like to do with you. Make plans to do them one one each month or something like that, and be intentional yeah. about making it happen. You know, don't be lazy about the only life you have to live. Don't be lazy with the relationship that God has given you. All right, number three, taking notes. Number three, love language, receiving gifts. Um, this isn't materialism. This isn't the woman wants a thousand dollar bag or something like that, even though you might have one of those. Good for you. And um, this receiver, um, they cultivate, or sorry, they flourish out of receiving gifts. Why? Because for some reason they think about gifts and they think that you've put thought into it and you've thought about it, flowers. That's why I hate giving flowers because I feel like it's such a complete waste of time. But, uh, but she doesn't hate receiving flowers. So I have to swallow my ego and the thought of $36 or 50 or whatever it costs of giving a gift and four days later it smells and needs to be thrown out. I'm like, wow, there was $40 down the drain. Anyway, I'll just vent on that for a moment. Okay. Um, I'd much rather give my wife a t-shirt or something cool. There you go. And a year from now, I'm still getting blessed by that thing. Flowers, throw them out. They're of the devil. Anyway. I don't um, really, I like flowers. I don't love them, so I don't care, but... All right, do, none I, for you. <laughs> I prefer a shopping spree to H&M, though, just so All you know. right. No, that's good. I, I, I enjoy that. Uh, when we were first dating, I remember reading a couple of uh, dating, relational, marriage books. Uh, because my parents, here's the thing, because my parents had a dysfunctional marriage, um, when I was 18, 19, I started reading books on relationships, literally. Why? Because I didn't want a dysfunctional marriage. And that was sometimes, sometimes the area of pain in your life can be the greatest area of wisdom in your life yeah. because you learn what not to do. And so yeah. I was like, man, I'm going to have good relationships. Yeah. So I began to read these uh, books and so forth. And so then every month on the uh, the, the 10th, the 10th yeah. uh, I would give Miriam a little gift and so forth and at the time I was in college it was like some corny little plant from Walmart or something like this and, it and, wasn't uh, corny, it was sweet <laughs> no. and, um, and so I'd give her a gift and, and, but what I noticed because words of affirmation are her strongest love language when I am perhaps lavish, more encouraging and so forth on her her, her eyes would light up more like a Christmas tree a gift, it does something to her uh, but encouragement does more. It's awesome being equated to a Christmas tree. Like, I didn't know I... They're had beautiful. All this, yeah. <laughs> they look good. They're around once a year. No, that's not you. Wait. <laughs> wow. Oh, gosh. Anyway, so if this is your partner's love language. Um, and this, you know what? My best friend, Anna, she's so good at this. A couple of years ago, um, I think it was when I gave birth to... I wasn't sure if it was Rachel or Ben. She showed up on, on our doorstep to, like, you know, give us some gifts and stuff for the baby and for me. And... When I opened the bag, there was like all these things in there that I had mentioned throughout the year that like an Amplified Bible by Joyce Meyer devotional thing. There was all these different things yeah, that yeah. I had throughout the year mentioned. I was like, 
how did you remember that I, I said that like six months ago? She's like, yeah, I have this little app on my phone that anytime one of my friends says something they like or they would like, I put it down and when it's birthdays or Christmas yeah. or whatever, I remember. And I was like, that's genius, you know? And so um, for us ladies, that's easier for us to like keep a gift idea notebook. Guys, yeah. I can't really see you guys doing that. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, but it's really, if you want to be intentional, if this is your wife's love language or your uh, significant other or your child and you don't want to always be spoiling them, you want to wait till special moments, then be intentional. Write it down. This is something you could do. And it doesn't have to be expensive. It could be creative. It could be just generous and thoughtful. And trust me, it will make a world of a difference in that person's love tank. Number four, acts of service. Honey, this is you. All right. So this comes down to doing things your spouse or significant other would want you to do by serving them in whatever capacity they will feel super loved. You know, cooking a meal, washing dishes, taking out the garbage, mowing the lawn, all that kind of stuff. And Anthony, as we were practicing this morning, he's like, don't forget to put sex in there. That's also acts of service. I was like, oh, honey, that's definitely you. And so if this is your spouse's primary love language, nothing speaks as loudly as these acts of service. You may give him or her words of affirmation, but they're thinking, cut the talk. If you really love me, you would do something around here. Or you would do something for me. Uh, and for them, actions truly do speak louder than words. You know, when I talk about acts of service as an expression of love, I'm not talking about, you know, them being a slave or being a doormat. You know, when we yeah. treat our spouses as slaves, what happens is we remove the possibility of love because we remove their freedom. If we, you know, you can say something like, well, if you were a good spouse, you would do this for me. But that's not really love. That's yeah. not the language of love. Or you better do this or you'll be sorry or I'm yeah. leaving. And that's manipulation and not love. Yeah. And so acts of service, if they're going to be acts of love, they need to be freely given. So requests give direction to love, but demands stop the flow of love. So learning to speak this love language may require some of us to re-examine our stereotypes of the roles of husband and wives. You know, the, the, the traditional stereotype is, you know, the wife, she cooks and she cleans, she watches the kids, the man goes to work, takes out the trash. And you'll find that as marriage happens and life happens, priorities change, you throw some kids in the mix, that stuff all you know, changes. You have yeah. to become more of, yeah, it does. You become more of a partner, whatever it me makes to make the relationship flourish, whatever it takes yeah. to ease the burden. That's what that's all about. And so um, Gary Chapman calls it a love language because learning a new language may be difficult and take time, but it can be done. Yeah. So is vacuuming fun? No, but if it's going to release the burden and the stress off that person whose love language is acts of service, then that is a huge thing for them. And so a willingness to examine and change stereotypes may be necessary in order to express love more effectively. And I'll say this, people tend to criticize their spouse most loudly in the area where they themselves have the deepest emotional need. Hear that again. People tend to criticize their spouse most loudly in the area where they themselves have the deepest emotional need. So Gary Chapman really encourages people to do this. Next time your spouse is criticizing you, look behind the criticism and you can actually learn something about them. Yeah. So what's the the takeaway from there. So if that is your love language or if that's your partner's love language or your child or your boyfriend or whatever, what one act of service has your spouse nagged you about consistently and why not decide to see the nag as a tag? Your spouse is tagging this particular task as a really important thing to him or her. 
I don't know if that's making it to Twitter, but that's good. Come on. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a really important thing. Like this week, I was nagging Anthony about this one coat rack thing that I'm like, I've been asking you since Thanksgiving. Yes. And so the poor guy. <laughs> and then I tried to do it, and I put a hole in the wall. Oh, yeah. It was Note to self, don't I ask literally him. ran to Lowe's, got some screw, ran home, put it in, and, and for the second time, because I don't have sheetrock, I think it's plaster, so it's just way harder to work with. Anyway, my thing, the, the, the screw went through the wall. Oh, there's a hole like that big. Oh my goodness. And I just head down. Hello, you. Oh my goodness. All Number right. five. Number five, Love physical lane. touch. <laughs> Physical touch. Obviously, touching and loving on some people will give them more security and feelings of love, holding hands, kissing, hugging, and sex, and so forth. Um, all of these, you've got to understand that most people will have two or three of these love languages. However, if you're a non-affectionate, your house was non-affectionate, but this person, their house was super affectionate, you've got to understand that you have to learn the love language of physical touch, and sometimes it's holding the person's hand more. Sometimes it's just... Uh, at the dinner table, putting your foot on the person and so forth. Um, little footsies going on. I don't know. But that speaks volume to them. And sometimes it's, it's, um, it's five touches a day. It, it, there's something about that for that person. This speaks love. And here's the thing. If you're bankrupt in this, when someone else comes along and they're very touchy, maybe another co-worker, and they're kind of like just giving them some affection, all of a sudden you'll find that that person... Um, navigates to that person unknowingly because their own water jug is not full. Yeah. And so um, many, many psychologists would tell you that's how affairs happen. You want to make sure that her cup's full. She wants to make sure my cup's full. And one of the biggest encouragements for this whole relationship series is this. Don't walk away from this, this series thinking, what are they going to do different for, for me? Yeah. I promise you, because your natural tendency, listen to me, we're all not as, not as non-selfish as we think. Your natural tendency will be, what is she going to do for me? What is he going to do for me? Instead of, what am I going to do yeah. for her? Yeah, what true. am I going to do for you? I don't know, that's a great question. I don't question. know, I'm going to change the world. <laughs> so if this is your partner's love language, let me just encourage you, be playful. You know, play with them, tickle them, do whatever. I know that sounds so elementary. You might be sitting here like, really, I came to church to hear this. You have no idea if that is your person's love language, if yeah. that is your kid's love language. Um, Benny, it was Benny, right? Yeah, it was yeah. Ben who did that. They did a little like test at school for him and they asked, you know, the question like, when do you feel most loved by your mommy and daddy or something like that? Yeah. And he's like, when mommy and daddy hug me and kiss me. And so that's yeah. definitely Benny's love language. It's, yeah. it's you know, physical touch and it's hugs and stuff like that. So, um, so that was really interesting to learn that and to see that about our own son. You, you guys getting anything out of this? Yeah. yeah, Proverbs 24. Let me share this last scripture. Can I have Yazzie come back, please? Yazzie. Yazzie. The Yazzite. Yeah. I think Yazzie's prettier nickname. <laughs> I was calling her Yazzite a while ago. I was just like, yeah, it's not that good. <laughs> Proverbs 24 verse 3. I love this passage of scripture concerning life. And I love it concerning marriage. I love it concerning family and church and everything else. By wisdom, a house is built. Got to understand you're going to build a relationship. And through understanding, it is established through knowledge. Someone say knowledge. Knowledge. Someone say knowledge. Knowledge. Watch this now. It's not just love, but it's wisdom and knowledge coming together through knowledge, 
Think about this when it comes to your relationship through knowledge, the knowledge of your partner, the knowledge of their need, the knowledge of their, their number one or number two need. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. Hear that again, really regarding your world. Through knowledge, it says, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. Yeah, so don't be stuck, you know. You might be feeling like, man, I work so hard to try to love my spouse or I work so hard in in this relationship and just, I don't know. And it's maybe time for you to evaluate, well, what is going to actually make your significant other feel love? Maybe you're trying in the wrong area. Maybe you're trying to give her too many gifts and what she's crying for is just time, focused time on her or maybe the other way around. And so our, our, our hope isn't that you're working, in that, not so much that you're working so hard, but you're smart on how you love that person, that you're actually intentional on discovering that person, looking at that person, your child, your significant other, whoever, and just being like, man, how can I love her better? How can I love him better? It's being intentional to really want to rediscover or for the first time discover what makes them tick. You know, even if you're a leader in here, um, how do you build your team? How do you love your team? You know, Jesus, the ultimate King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, he came to give his life. He came to serve. So if you're a leader in here, how do you love your team? You find out what their love language is and you serve them. All of this, all five love languages, ultimately it's about serving that other person. And so whether you're a leader, whether you're a parent, a wife, a husband, it doesn't matter. It all comes down to serving each other so that relationships can flourish. And our real challenge for uh, today, for this week, for uh, everyone in our church is this. Find out what your love language is. Find out what your spouse's is and communicate that to each other. Um, and and I think that that can take you to a whole another level. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, we're going to pray for you in a second, but let me talk to you quickly about the most important relationship, and that's the relationship with God. Um, I was at the chiropractor office this week, and uh, their lights had just gone out for some reason, and the guy who, who cracks my back and cracks my neck and so forth, he said to me, oh, pastor, uh, if you would have been here, the lights would have gone off, because he came to our church a couple of times, and when he came, the fire uh, the fire alarm. alarm went off and so forth. And so, you know, people joke around a lot about, man, if I went to church, the, the roof would fall in, the lights would turn off, the fire alarm would go off and so forth. And so he was joking around that when he came to church, the fire alarm came off. And there was another person, she was doing something else to my shoulder and so forth. And, and she said to me, she was like, oh, if I went to church, the lights would definitely go off. And then I kind of took a moment. I was like, you know, I like to tell people, that God is not surprised by what you've done. He's not up in heaven going, oh my goodness, they've done this. And, and you've got to see that I'm talking to people that don't come to church and that was their perception of God. That if they walked into church, lights would go off, roof would fall down, the fire alarm, man, all, all hell would break loose or something like this. And I, I told them, listen, God is not surprised by what you've done. 
He's not up in heaven going, oh my goodness, I can't believe. No, he's actually not surprised whatsoever. The reason Jesus came was to take those things that you've done that many times we're embarrassed about or shamed about or maybe we do in front of other people. But when we think of God, we're like, man, I'm embarrassed of that thing I've done. Jesus came not to judge you. Jesus came to save you. Jesus came to forgive you. Jesus, the good news, the angels did not show up and go, you'd be surprised what you're doing God surprised at you he said no joy to the world a savior has come and so I just want to tell someone in here if you're far away from God today I want to tell you God is not surprised by, by what you've done however I was at a trampoline uh, I was at Sky Zone yesterday went to the wrong one I was at Sky Zone and these young boys were doing a bouncing and then hitting a wall and then doing these flips backwards here's the essence of Christianity you were going one way but you bounced off that trampoline and you flipped over and you started going the other way and that's what it means to trust Jesus you were going one way and now you turn you did a flip and now you said Jesus forgive me cleanse me come into my life I want to follow your purpose and your plan for my life that's the essence of Christianity that's the essence of the God who loves you and so today I want to invite you if you've never said yes to him man I'm inviting you not to the bad news of Christianity that you've done a lot the good news of Christianity the good news of Jesus is that Jesus wants to forgive you and if you just say no no Lord I can't do it myself just turn around his grace his mercy his forgiveness is for you so all across this place I want you to put your eyes closed and head down for a second we're going to pray a simple prayer and in that prayer connects us to the greatest person to ever live His name is the Lord Jesus Christ and He is here in this room right now. And if you are away from Him for numerous different reasons, whether you ran away, wandered away or just got lost along the journey, right now I'm encouraging you. If you are away from God, He's not surprised at you. He's not mad at you. He's mad about you. His love is for you. His grace is for you. But turn to Him and trust in Him right now. Come on, let's say this prayer together. If that's you today, come on, say this prayer from the bottom of your heart. Jesus, Jesus. I know I need you. I know I need your forgiveness. I know I need your forgiveness. So right now. So right now. Forgive me. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Cleanse me. I turn to you. I turn to you. I trust in you. I trust in you. Life is empty without you. Life is empty without you. Fill me with your purpose. Fill me with your purpose. I want to be your son and daughter. I want to be your son and daughter. Thank you today. Thank you today. For new life. For new life. Thank you today. Thank you today. That I'm coming alive. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Head bowed, eyes closed in this place. I'm not trying to embarrass you. I'm simply going to see that you responded to Christ in this moment. If you responded and you prayed that prayer from the bottom of your heart, you felt far away from God, but right now you're saying yes. Would you slip up your hand quickly? Say, Anthony, that was me today. All across this place. Thank you, sweetheart. Once you put it up, you can put it down. Thank you. I see three hands going up there. Not sure if I saw any more, but just quickly, just respond. Respond all over this place. Thank you, God. Little girl in the back there. Man, so good. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray for every single person that responded in the name of Jesus. Lord, may your touch and grace be upon their world. And now, God, we pray as a couple, God, for every relationship. I pray, God, for single, dating, married. Um, God, divorce, doesn't matter where they are. I pray for them today for wisdom to navigate, for knowledge to navigate through their relationships. God, that truly hopes and dreams would come alive in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, come on, everyone said.
Come on, can we have the band come back? Hey, if you raise your hand this morning, your next step is really important. Your next step is to come out here in the box office. When you come down those stairs, you'll see in a little area there, and there's going to be an amazing person behind that little section, behind that counter, and they just want to connect with you for a few moments and really help you on the next steps, help you connect to God, help you connect um, to what your next steps look here at Church Alive. And so make sure you do that. Don't leave here without doing that. And also, are there any couples here for the first time today? Just Wave your hand up at me. Awesome. We're going to run up a gift to you. Tess, can you take that up to that couple on the left there? We have a gift for you guys. Everyone else, why don't you stand to your feet? So as you guys heard, we have four new service times now. It's 9.30, 11.15, 1 p.m. and 6 p.m. So if this was a blessing to you and you know someone who needs to hear this, bring them out to the next service or the one tonight or there's many to choose from. Father, thank you for your people, and I just pray again your blessing upon their world in the name of Jesus. We thank you for an awesome day, an awesome week, but an awesome month to delve into relationships. Thank you, Father, for every good thing. I speak the blessing of the Lord over every life in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you receive the word today, if you believe that God is good, come on, give him a hand clap. We love you. Praying for you. God Have bless you guys. Have a happy Valentine's Day. Guys, don't forget, it's Tuesday. All right, see you later. Bye. <laughs>